Casinos in Space by Howard Berenbaum. Copyright 2019 by Howard Berenbaum slash CyberTimes LLC. All rights reserved. Chapter 9. Vega 1. Muck observed the human inhabitants from his mountain retreat, miles from Tambali, and smiled at the destruction he caused. He would not allow the invaders their way with his land, he thought as he peered over the ridge to the valley below from his cave hideaway. His avocado green skin glistened, glistened as the warm vegan sun rose to meet the blue cloudless dawn sky. He was eager to act against the intruders who colonized his precious boca. His thoughts of hate ceased momentarily when he heard the beeping alert. He then moved his hand, made up of three fingers and two opposing thumbs, to his pocket communicator to hear, we are now approaching their precious boardwalk, Muck, Morb said to his brother. Stay hidden, Morb commanded. I will meet you there at dusk. As the lights ignited on the boardwalk, they reflected their multicolored glow on the shimmering salty sea. Crystals in the black sand reflected rainbow rays back to the walkway. The casinos glittered and pulsed while the sounds emitted by the games called the passerby to enter and play, and partake in eats and entertainment. Paul and Slim now approached the boardwalk a few hundred feet from where the shuttle was hidden in the dense vegetation of the forest near the salty sea. They climbed the two flights of wooden stairs sunk into the black sand, and began walking the mile, or so trek toward the casinos with their lights and sounds calling. The ocean waves smacking at the shore created a mesmerizing quality to their peaceful walk. In the distance, the entrance to the MGM Grand Casino was clear, the giant slot machine greeting all who entered or passed. Hey buddy boy, Slim said as they stopped in front of the MGM Casino entrance. Let's hop on and ride that big Bronco to win some. What do you think? Ah, uh, well, what ride? Paul asked not sure what Slim was talking about. It's this here little roly-poly coaster with a twist, if you know what I mean, Slim said with laugh. You plop in some money and hop on for the ride of your life and a chance to win. It could be your ride to riches. I kind of like that sound, ride to riches. Paul looked up with apprehension and said, It's not little, Slim. Slim. Participants were seated in cars built into the reels of a giant three-reel, five-story, slot machine towering above the walkway to the casino. Eccentric gamblers entered the ride after paying admission at the ticket booth on the bridge. It held up to 60 individuals brave enough to take a seat on a giant rotating slot machine wheel. It was the ultimate thrill ride that offered a 99.5% payout. Let's go for a little ride, good buddy, Slim said. It's on me, and maybe we'll win a heap. So, hop on and strap yourself in. I'll be on the second wheel. It would be sublime to meet on the line, and make us some big bucks, boy. Hope we win some when the spinning stops. Everyone watching out there will see our smiling faces. And chances are good that one of us will win. Paul was not at all comfortable with the thought of riding a roller coaster for any reason but he was afraid to offend Slim, and agreed. The operator waited for all participants to take their seats and strap in before he called all clear, and then pressed the start button. One reel at a time began to spin, slowly at first, and then gradually picking up speed. From the street perspective, the faces of the participants could be seen as they swiftly passed the huge center symbol windows moving up the 500 feet, 
and then down again passing the slot machine centerline. People crowded on the walkway to watch participants take a spin in the huge, steel, slot machine. As the wheels approached their maximum speed of one-half revolution per second the faces of the steel wheel gamblers varied from pure excitement to extreme surprise and terror as they zipped by the window. Paul was not happy spinning in the giant slot machine, but he was not in any real discomfort. Slim, however, loved the feeling and couldn't wait to go on again. As the wheels slowed, the music and beeping slowed as well. And when it stopped, Paul and Slim found themselves on the line and big winners of the big wheel. Quite disoriented and wobbly, they exited the machine with their winning tickets in hand and big grins on their faces as they collected their reward, five $1,000 chips for winning while spinning in this MGM Grand attraction. Hey bud, what did you think about that cozy little one-armed bandit? Slim asked. You had a little fun for your money, eh? They were headed into the casino through the clear plexiglass revolving door. Uh, uh, yes, yes, it was quite an experience, Paul replied. He was still somewhat dizzy from the event, but happy he was $5,000 richer. Let's mosey on down to that cashier's cage and cash in these chips for cash. Then we'll go get a little something to eat. I'm starved. He scanned the colorful signs and found directions to the restaurant area. Let's eat at that humongous MGM Grand Buffet, buddy. You hungry? Paul was still nauseated from the ride and was not at all interested in food, but reluctantly said, I could have a bite of something. I'm sure you'll find some good eats in one of those big bins of beef, Slim said with a laugh. They followed the blinking red arrows towards the rear of the casino passing dozens of occupied slot machines to their right, beeping, chirping and singing as their small electronic wheels were spinning for a win, loss or tie. To their left, they passed dozens of crowded blackjack, roulette and craps tables with dice, chips, cards and money flying to and from hopeful gamblers. As they approached the buffet entrance, they could see a long line of guests waiting to be seated. Slim then pulled out two vouchers and led Paul to the front of the line, excuse me, ma'am, he said to the hostess. We just won big on that big slot machine at your MGM entrance and were darned hungry. The hostess took the vouchers and said, please follow me, gentlemen. We have a fine table reserved for you. They were escorted through a sea of soft burgundy and blue carpet and to the middle of a lavishly decorated dining room with a variety of open tables and semi-private booths. Their spacious booth was just steps from the huge dessert station filled with cakes, cookies, candies and fruits. A sweet aroma of the mix filled the air. Shall we start with dessert? Slim announced. Then we'll work our way to the meat and potatoes. Paul was beginning to get hungry, the dessert station the catalyst, and said, I would prefer to start with a juicy steak and a dish of mashed potatoes. You're right, partner. We should begin at the beginning, not the end. The waitress left a pitcher of water and said, I am assuming you gentlemen will be enjoying our buffet, but I'm happy to get you your drinks. What will you have? Well, Slim answered, have you got any of those strawberry daiquiris? He bowed and said, my name's Slim. Nice to meet you. We sure do, the waitress replied. Well, I'm Jenny, and it's a pleasure to meet you. She extended her hand. How many of those daiquiris do you need? 
One to start, young lady, and thank you for offering. And you sir, Jenny said staring at Paul. What will it be? Well, Paul said, pausing. I think I'd like a giant chocolate shake. No, a giant chocolate malt. Yes, that's it. I'll bring you two, sir, two giant malts. Be right back. And Jenny sped away. Minutes later she was back with the biggest drinks they had ever seen. The daiquiri was a foot tall and filled with strawberries and whipped cream at the top. The chocolate malts were the same size and with whipped cream at the top, but no strawberries. Will these drinks do? Jenny said. Yes, ma'am, Slim replied. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. Thank you very much, Jenny, Paul replied stiffly and then lifted his drink with two hands and indulged. In the background they could hear rap music piped into the dining room from the pub next door. Slim started moving to the beat. Great music, buddy, isn't it? He was chewing chocolate pecan pie as he moved his head and shoulders in a forward jerking motion. Paul couldn't participate. He was enjoying his meal, but it wasn't in him to gyrate around with Slim like a teenager. The food is very good, Paul said, trying to change the subject. Excellent selection. Come on, my boy, move your bones, Slim said, cha, cha, cha. He moved his body to the beat. Uh, oh, no thank you, Slim, Paul said. But I will take another piece of pecan pie. Can I get you a slice? Suddenly, a loud explosion at the entrance penetrated the crowd dining room killing patrons at the front immediately. Many of the diners in the rear dropped their food and flooded out the rear exit looking for a safe location. Blood and debris scattered everywhere while smoke and flames filled the room as the dead and injured lay in silence below the rubble. Hey, buddy boy, are you okay? Slim leaned over Paul's bloody body trapped under the table. Hey, buddy boy. He called a second time, but this time, Paul moved his head, a crimson gash was clearly visible on his face. What happened? Paul asked, now disoriented. Very happy to hear you, sir, Slim said. Can you stand up? We have to leave this here place, right away. Paul, unable to move his legs, groaned from the attempt. I take it from your moaning that you can't get up, Slim said. Well, then I'll just have to carry you. He lifted Paul with little effort and maneuvered through the rubble toward the front exit. Dark smoke from the burning building rose to obscure the twinkling in the dark blue sky above. The air was clear and cool. After walking a distance from the casino's entrance, he gently placed Paul on the ground. What happened? Paul asked, still disoriented. This time we almost lost you, good buddy, Slim replied. Don't know what really happened in there. Must be some gambler unhappy with his bad luck. Jane would not at all approve, Paul said with a slight laugh. Laugh. Sounds like it's more than some irate gambler. Good to see you have a little sense of humor, my boy. I thought you were a goner. You sure got a lot of blood all over me. They didn't notice a dark shadowy figure dart by them heading south down the boardwalk moving swiftly away from the casino. They headed down the boardwalk, Paul limping slightly, but not as injured as he first thought. Why don't we just head back to our little shuttle, boy, and I'll fix you up a bit, Slim said. 
When you're as good as new we'll go play a little jumbo roulette. Paul groaned. Okay, if you say so. But please let me rest first. They exited the boardwalk from the same spot they entered earlier, into the woods and toward where the shuttle was resting hidden by trees and vegetation. A group of gray shadows passed quickly by them rushing towards the now-burning entrance to the MGM Grand Casino. After a few minutes Paul and Slim turned for a moment to witness multicolored flashing lights, and then moments later hear booming in the distance caused by explosions. The attack was launched at the entrance to the MGM Grand Casino directly in front of the giant slot machine. As the firefighters sprayed the blaze, they were annihilated by vegans wielding swords, gun-like weapons, and blazing arrows, and led by Muck, the vegan commander. A small security force from the casino was unable to strike dead even a single attacker, and those who survived, scattered. As fast as it began, it ended as Muck and company fled on foot away from the death and disruption they created to escape to their hideout at the Emerald Fist. When security reinforcements arrived it was too late. The attackers were long gone. All they could do was to search for sur survivors and investigate. Paul with Slim helping, moved with difficulty through the woods towards the shuttle. Are we going in the right direction? Paul asked. I can't see the shuttle. In fact, I can't see anything in front of me except trees and leaves. I have to admit, good buddy, I don't know where we are, Slim said. Maybe we should just sit down right here on this fallen tree and wait until morning. Night noises filled the air, unknown insects were clicking nearby to a mating beat while chirping, and an occasional howl could be heard in the distance. Are we safe here? Paul asked. I don't know, buddy. But we can't just walk on down that hill in the dark and find your grandmother's house, so let's just stay put. Suddenly they heard rustling in the bushes nearby, and then growling. Paul jumped up, ignoring the pain in his foot, and started down a path to the valley below faintly illuminated by the light of the moons through the dense leaves. Slim quickly followed. They cautiously moved their way down a spiral path through green glowing rock formations towering hundreds of feet above a white wailing waterfall spilling into a dark bluish lake way below. When they finally reached the valley floor, they looked back to see the rock formations twinkling in multicolored tones like stars in the heavens above. Paul collapsed at the riverbank and immediately fell asleep, exhausted from the descent. He awoke at the first light of dawn, dried blood still clinging to his forehead, covering his wound, caused by the explosion the night before. Despite his horrible appearance, he felt rested and somewhat energized. He was ready to go, but he had no idea where. When he tried to stand up, he slipped back to the ground. His legs were cold and stiff from the night, and he had pain in his feet. Slim, where are we? Slim was standing at the riverbank watching the water flow into a second waterfall below. I guess we're in a valley, buddy, with water and walls of rock all around. It's pretty, I'd say, but not productive to be here in this wonderland. We've got to get back to the casinos, my boy, and make some money. You sleep well? Uh, uh, I guess, Paul replied. Good. Slim said. Your little wounds need some attending, and then it's back to winning. Then it all came back to Paul. I don't think so, Slim. 
We were bombed last night and people died back at the casino. I think we're under some sort of attack. You might be right, buddy, Slim said. And those attackers spoiled our dinner and fun.